In January 2016, we took a risk and we both slept off into the world of private practice. If you have ever owned your own business, you will understand what we're about to say. The littlest things were thrilling, milestone moments for us. Some of these moments include leaving our jobs to start our businesses, launching our websites, naming our businesses, <laughs> realizing that Instagram was a powerful tool to spread awareness of what we do, and even signing the leases for our office. Yes. Honestly, you guys, it was a big deal to even be Googling offices, wasn't it, Steph? <laughs> yeah, it was. Of course, launching the podcast in May of 2018 is another one of these thrilling really, truly big moments that we will never forget. And today we're adding to that list. Today we're introducing you to our framework. If you're a member of our email list, you have already gotten this framework email to you this morning. And if you're not, go to our website and download it at www.learnsmarterpodcast.com. And you can join the email list while you're there so you don't ever have to do that again. We've gone over the frequently asked questions in episode 29. In episode 8, we discussed what a session can look like. And today, we're going to introduce you to the three phases that our clients experience when they work with us. We hope that this better explains to you what we have said all along, that educational therapy is a long-term play. We are hopeful that by the end of this episode, you understand the experience that you and your child or learner have in educational therapy in either Rachel's business, CAP Educational Therapy Group, or Steph's business, My Ed Therapist. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 37 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Rachel Cap. And I'm Stephanie Pitts. This is an episode that we have been working on for several weeks. And if I'm being perfectly honest, it's been several months, right, Steph? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really has. I mean, guys, it's not really technically the episode we're working on, but it's what we're bringing to you. It's the meat of the episode that took us months. <laughs> we realized that we could simplify our process and make it easier for you to understand by outlining the three steps, the A step, the B step, and the C step to better explain the transformation that our clients have as a result of educational therapy. There is a really, really important visual handout to this episode that will make it so much easier for you to understand our personal approach, the approach that we've both created and designed and of course, we've done it together, like everything else, right, Steph? Yeah. Yep. If you're on our email list, like I said earlier, you've received this email this morning in your inbox. You've already gotten a sneak peek and a preview for what we're about to talk about. If you're not on our email list, we personally invite you to go to www.learnsmarterpodcast.com to join so you can get future freebies without any action steps. As an aside, we also want to throw it out there that we're proud to be announcing that we will be holding office hours in our Facebook group. We will be going Facebook Live every first Thursday of the month starting on February 7th. Right, Steph? Yep. So if you want to come and hang out with us, we'd love to see you there. I believe we're going Facebook Live at 10.30 a.m. 10.30 a.m. Pacific Time. And 
This is meant for those of you that have questions or you're looking for a little bit more individual insight that we can give really quickly or things that you've tried and are not working and maybe you just need a little reinforcement. A little tweak. Or you're feeling unsure. So we invite you to come join us for office hours, right? Just like in college or in high school, wherever you went, you had office hours to check in. And this is just going to be our check-in. It's going to be our time to be there and hang out with you guys. So we really invite you to come take advantage and spend some time with us. So in order to become a part of that, first of all, everybody who's a listener of Learn Smarter, all you smarties out there have a calendar, right? Episode two. So the first thing you want to do is put that as a repeating event on your calendar that we will be holding office hours in our Facebook group, the Smarties of the Learn Smarter Podcast Facebook group at 1030 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, the first Thursday of every month starting Thursday, February 7th, 2019. For those of you who are getting ready to join our email list and didn't get this freebie today, be sure to go to our website and look at episode 37 to get the download that is accompanying this episode. Today, we're going to discuss the ABCs of educational therapy, which is the transformation that our clients experience when they work with us. This framework that we're debuting today is unique to us and how we work with our clients. It's a good disclaimer that this is how we do things, and this is a process that our clients in our individual businesses, my ed therapist and CAP Educational Therapy Group go through. Other ed therapists likely have a different approach. Everybody is individual. And we wanted to get it out there so that you guys could see it and understand So our educational therapy framework, or the ABCs of educational therapy, is not just a cute and memorable title, but has a deeper meaning as well. So the A stands for the first phase of educational therapy, which is assessment. The B phase is building. And the C phase is competency. Today, we'll dig into each phase of our unique framework and discuss the transformation that happens during each phase and how long it usually, usually in quotes, takes. (laughs) So Steph, our first phase is assessment. So what happens during this first phase? So during the first phase in assessment, we want to make it clear that all of our assessments are actually informal. And what we do is we start looking at systems. We spend time organizing time, organizing things. We look at the learner's reading ability, decoding ability, and their comprehension. We check into math. We see where they might be struggling with executive functioning or their learning in general, how they emotionally regulate, and we're spending this time building rapport with our clients. So in essence, this time is when we are being the detectives and really trying to figure out what's been going on with your learner. Also, just as a visual, this phase we like to call putting out the fires because by the time you've come to us, there's probably a lot of fires going on and we're using this time to put the fires out and assess the damage. <laughs> so we're finding the fires, we're putting the fires out. And so Steph, here's our favorite question. How long does it take? 
the assessment phase, the A phase, is usually about four to six sessions. Now, if you're doing twice a week, that's only going to be a couple of weeks. But if you're doing once a week, it's a little bit longer. Right. And this is something that we can say pretty confidently that it takes us about four to six sessions to figure out where the fires are and to begin putting them out. But it's not reasonable necessarily to expect all the fires to be put out in that first four to six week period, right? Right. It depends. Is it a small little fire or is it a big, you know, big, big, big fire? It really depends on what's going on, the grade, age level, the maturity level, the emotional capacity, the anxiety levels, you know, what diagnoses are going on, all of those things together. But this is just a rough estimate that we're giving you guys. If we had to pick a number that happened the most often, it's this. We want to make it really easy to understand what we do. So we want the parent to know what to expect during this phase of the educational therapy process. We're likely talking to you quite a bit. Parents tend to be quite nervous, especially in the beginning as we're establishing rapport, not just with the learner, but with the family themselves. And so there's a lot of conversations happening. And oftentimes, a lot of the feedback we're getting are actually phase two in the building phase of ed therapy. But we're sourcing all this information that your learner is sharing with us, that you're sharing with us, and what we are seeing in session from our point of view as the experts as well, and starting to form an idea of who each student is as a learner. Steph, what can kids expect? What can learners expect during this phase? Well, I think it depends on how old, first of all. Always. But if we're talking about the littles, as we like to call them, the younger students, the elementary school students... Coming into our office and starting the journey of educational therapy, we're going to do a little bit of reading. We're going to do some math. We're probably going to play a few games. Yep. We're going to see what your homework is. We're going to look at their backpacks. Look at their calendar, planner, all of those things just to get the whole picture of what's going on. It's putting the pieces of the puzzle together during that assessment phase. And I want to know who you are as a kid. Like, what do you like? What do you like to do? Which fidgets do you like to play with? Mm -hmm. What are all the things? I might ask, too, what emotion you're feeling from the movie Inside Out. Oh, this is something new that you're doing. Do you want to share about it? If you guys are familiar with the movie Inside Out, I got the little figurines. It's a movie, and there's five main emotions. Joy, sadness, anger, fear and disgust. And I have the little figurines on my table. And when a student comes in, even some of the older kids, and I ask them which emotion, which little figurine they're feeling that day, most of the time, you'll be surprised, but most of the time they choose joy and sadness. I love so many things about that because you're building their emotional awareness, which is something we're very attuned with in educational therapy and sensitive to. But I also love that they're picking two feelings at once. Can I share an anecdote from my preschool teaching days? Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I've ever told you about this, but one of the activities that I would do with kids early on is we would pick four feelings and we would take individual pictures of each student expressing those four feelings. So Mm -hmm. happy, sad, angry, and maybe scared. That would be a good fourth one. And it was great for connecting what it looks like in somebody else's face 
mm-hmm. and acknowledging what's happening in a peer's face because they were all familiar with everybody's picture. And so what we would do is we would print them on strips, on ascension strip, and put the four different pictures. And then we had a clothespin. Mm-hmm. And every morning, each student would come in and they would move their clothespin to the feeling that they were having that particular moment. Mm, so if they got nice. upset in the middle of the day, they would go change their clothespin. It gave them an action step. And sometimes students were like, I'm having more than one feeling. And I loved that because usually feelings are more than one. Yeah. We can be happy and sad and scared and anxious and upset all at the same time. And so I love that you're giving students permission in session to kind of take a moment to check in with their feelings. I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. I think that they all like it. Yeah, I think I would like it. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. After about four to six sessions, you will likely get an email from me or one of my team members or staff or one of her team members. And that is when we are going to schedule a check-in phone call. This is usually when we are reflecting back to you about what we've seen, the progress, if any, that has been made, and the goals moving forward. This is also the point at which we will reach out to other professionals on the team, including the school, the teachers, learning specialists, other therapists. Sometimes we have conversations with psychiatrists as well. The people who did the neuropsych testing or clinical psychology testing, it just depends. We do have a reason for why we wait four to six sessions to have these conversations, and it's because we want to have something to contribute when we're talking to teachers and all these other professionals about who we see the student as and what the goals are moving forward. Schools are a really important piece of the puzzle, and the reason we sometimes can wait four to six sessions is because teachers usually very much want feedback from us as the experts. And if we are not starting to become the expert on the learner, on the client, sometimes we're not giving valuable advice and we're taking advantage of their really valuable time. So we want that conversation to be as meaningful and productive as possible, which is why we take a hot second to get to know each learner before having those conversations with the school. So in between the A phase, the assessment phase, and the B phase, which is building, we have those clarifying conversations with you as parents, and we connect with the school and other professionals. So what about the B phase? The B phase we spend a lot of time in, don't we, Steph? Yeah, we do. (laughs) This is the longest stretch. This is the meat This is the meat, if you will. I was going to say this is the bulk (laughs) of what we do, which is another B word. But the B phase is for building. And that's building skills and building resilience and building grit. During the building phase, we are remediating the identified goals from phase one. We are building skills in a developmentally appropriate way, and we're reigniting a love of learning. This is huge for us Mm -hmm. because we really want all our students to love learning. And sometimes, depending on the age, when you have a little, they still love learning for the most part. But depending on the age, sometimes it's been years since the student had a love of learning. And can you imagine going to a job that you hate every day for 10 years. And that's what a lot of our students are experiencing when they come to us. And like we always tell them, our job is to make it better. Our Mm -hmm. job is to make it easier. And our job truly is to help them figure out a way to have more free time. 
which we do. Yeah. And so during this phase, we're developing self-awareness for students. We're reflecting back on what we are observing and what we're seeing and starting to build that toolbox. And we're connecting skills using high-interest content. And so if the first phase, if the assessment phase is kind of the putting out the fire phase, the building phase, we're beginning to teach fire prevention. We're beginning to teach those skills of what needs to happen in order to prevent those fires that were occurring when they were entering and in the assessment phase. Steph, what would you add? Yeah, I like it. I think it's important to note that teaching fire prevention, it's not super easy. The fires come up so often because so many different things are going on at once. All of a sudden, it's just like a combustion of things and the fires sometimes seem hopeless and you can't get them out. So once you finally do start getting them out or they become smaller fires and they're just little little itty bitty like – Fires that are not hard to get out, yeah. but they can still pop up. They're little hot spots, Perfect. if you will. Perfect extension of the analogy that during this phase, there are hot spots. You might have some hot spots, but you're learning how to prevent the hot spots from coming back up. So I think it's really in the building phase. We talk so much about building the awareness, but it's also building the love of learning muscle. Yeah. And it's really important to us both of us, that a student can reignite that love of learning and that they can feel good and proud and want to really learn and take things to the next level and have more free time. Yeah. I want to say one thing about the parent experience during this phase. Parents start to calm down a little bit and they start to relax and they start, most of all, to see hope. A lot of parents, when they're coming into the practice, are feeling really, really concerned that nothing's going to work because usually they've tried quite a few things and they start to relax a little bit, but then a hot spot comes up and something that was happening all the time before educational therapy will happen again. For example, a student will forget or choose not to use graph paper on a math test and their grade will suffer. And so we have this little flare-up And parents have a very big reaction, rightfully so, because now they put time and effort and resources, right, into coaching their kids up or having us coach their kids up. But what we love to do is remind them that this is only a little hotspot. This is not an out-of-control fire again. And students now have the resiliency and the skills because we've been teaching them that on what to do in this situation and how to rein it back in and put that fire out again. Also, just to add to that, when it happens, I bet there's going to be a different reaction from your child than there was before. And that's because they've seen what it feels like to be able to do well and do the thing that's expected and however we've planned and figured it out. When the plan does fail, just like we say in episode 31, there's always something, right? So Mm -hmm. take that little setback, that little hot spot with a grain of salt. Yes. Your child is going to be less likely to do it again. And if they do, there might be a longer stretch in between because sometimes we slip up a little bit and we take things, you know, oh, we're doing fine. It's just like on that diet. Oh, we're okay. And then, uh uh-oh, yep, we need to get back on track. So they're figuring out their place. So it's part of the process. 
Exactly. And then I encourage parents not to freak out when those kinds of things happen because they will. And if they do freak out, direct it at us and not at the student, wouldn't you add so staff? True. Because so true. usually in the building phase, students are honestly, they're usually more upset than the parents. Yeah. Because they've worked really hard. And so we have to kind of have a group conversation. And then it's such a great opportunity for parents to see their child being upset about something that they wouldn't have been upset about prior to starting educational therapy. Yeah. And taking responsibility. Yeah. How can we prevent that from happening again? Yeah. And usually they've bought in. And they are going to be hypervigilant about it moving forward. And they oftentimes have the plan in place or know the strategies yeah. that they should have used. It's one of those things they knew better and didn't do better. They made choices not to do certain things, and that's fine, but there are natural consequences, mm -hmm. and usually they don't want to suffer the natural consequences <laughs> yeah. of a bad grade or you know, feeling disappointed, not having their parents feel disappointed in them, but them feeling disappointed in themselves. Yeah. And so this is the longest phase. Out of the ABCs, out of our educational framework between the assessment, building, and competency phase, this is the longest phase. Wouldn't you agree, Steph? Yeah, it is the longest phase because you're building all the blocks. We're doing it brick by brick, guys. So, you know, you have to use and plan and where does that brick go to build the house? So one foot in front of the other, one step at a time, we will get there. Lots of metaphors today. We're really on our metaphors today. Yeah, yeah. I like I, it. I, I like, like it. it. Yeah. So in terms of communication with us or with our team members, and when we're talking about our team members, both Steph and I have other educational therapists and learning specialists working in our practices. So not every client works directly with us because mm -hmm. we only have so many hours a week mm -hmm. um, that we can offer, but they are working with our team members in a similar fashion in the framework that we're outlining for you today. Yeah. And so I would argue that the communication between parent and educational therapist or learning specialist is on an as-needed basis during this period of time. Wouldn't you agree? It is. Yeah. And if there's a concern, we'll definitely let you know. Oh, you can be sure. You will get an email from us if there's a need to have a conversation. And honestly, oftentimes parents during this phase are so trusting and they see the impact that we've had in a short period of time. And so we have to remind them that, hey, we need to talk. And they'll get an email from me saying, hey, sign up for a call. Yeah. I always make sure to say nothing scary. Right? Yep. We don't want you to freak out. We literally just sometimes want to check in, communicate, see how things are going at home. Because it's a huge value that family structure be preserved and not be impacted by what's going on in school for our learners. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So during this phase, like we said, there's ongoing communication with the school, with you as the parent, with other team members as needed. So the last phase of educational therapy is competency. This is our C. And during this phase, which is very tailored to your learner, this is after they've learned a lot of the strategies. So they've got tools in their toolbox at this point. Mm -hmm. So it's maintenance, the student's ability to identify and implement appropriate strategies successfully. So this is knowing what your wrench is for, how to use it, and then to actually pick it out of the toolbox and use it. Another analogy. They have a much deeper self-awareness 
And they have been practicing and using self-advocacy and speaking with their teachers or emailing their teachers. And they have become more autonomous and independent learners at this point. So in our analogy of putting fires out in the assessment phase and then teaching fire prevention in the building phase, in the competency phase, the trees are growing, the flowers are blooming, the sun is shining. (laughs) It doesn't mean there's not a little spark sometimes, right? But only you can prevent forest fires. (laughs) Really, only our learners can prevent forest (laughs) fires, right? How long this period of competency takes is highly individualized. But this is the moment where we get to come to you and say, hey, we're moving you from two days a week to one day a week. And how much do we love that call, Steph? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or sometimes with me, it's, you know, every other week or it's let's just do it on an as-needed basis. Let's check in when something major comes up. It's working our way out of a job and getting your student to be even more independent. It's a really exciting phone call for us to get to make. And I have to tell you, parents sometimes don't want to hear it, right? Yeah. I don't blame them. I don't blame them at all either. They see that ed therapy has worked and that working with us or our team member has worked. And they don't want to remove that support. But... The whole point of educational therapy, as we always say, is to be done with educational therapy. So we're doing Mm -hmm. our jobs when we're removing support gradually or we're changing to a check-in model. It's a very emotional time when we start removing the support for educational therapy. Remember, we've spent a lot of time one-on-one with the learner. And so we feel deeply connected, but also deeply proud during this phase. And when we get to pull back support, it means we have done our job well. It has. How long will it take? It's highly individualized. It really is. And honestly, just to remind everybody, it really depends on the age of the learner, depends on what they're struggling with. It also depends on how dedicated the learner is because I have some kids that come in and they do every single thing I say. Immediately. It's a pleasure. Yeah. And then there's other kids that, you know, they'll pick and choose. They'll do a few things here and there. And then I have some learners that it might not be the right time for them. So it just really depends. This is why we can't give you an exact time when you call and say, how long typically do you see clients? So it really, honestly, you name it, I've done it or had it or I'm doing it right now. So I couldn't give you an answer, unfortunately. One thing is for sure, which is we love what we do. Yes. And we love getting to take kids through all three phases, through the ABCs of educational therapy, from the assessment to the building to the competency phase. It is a pleasure for us. And That's why when I get new clients coming into the practice, I literally will say, especially if they're in middle school or high school, I'm like, this is going to be amazing for you. And this is going to be the game changer in your academic career. And I can speak with confidence because I have seen the transformations happen again and again and again. We have. We really have. And it's so nice when I was speaking to a parent today, a kid that had C's and D's last year. Yeah. And this year, halfway through the year, we're halfway through the year at this point, and he has all A's and two C's. Stuff. 
congratulations, first of all, because that feels good <laughs> for you too. It is. We're on our way. You're on your way. But in terms of his educational therapy goals, is he in the building phase or is he moving towards competency, would you say? I think in competency for some subjects and yep. still in the building phase for some subjects. The two C's are we're still building. And I talked to mom about that today. So, you know, there's still some things that we need to work on. But the other things he's got a handle on now and he's turning everything in. That's a huge victory for most of our students, honestly. Right. So exactly. Th- but I think it's a good point to know that in some goals, they can be in the building phase and in some goals, they can be in the competency phase. And it's yeah. really when the full shift happens where I would say 50 plus 1% in the competency phase, that's when we mm-hmm. start having those conversations with yeah. parents. So yep. we love our jobs. This was a labor of love to develop this freebie that we sent out to all of you this morning. And we'll probably be sharing it on social media channels, wouldn't you think? And so, well, they'll definitely be on our websites. Yeah. And I want to put it up in the office. I think that's a fabulous idea. Maybe you are going to surprise me with a big picture of it. That Did I you can... guys notice that? Did you see how that just went? <laughs> Yeah. Do you want me to tell them why I think you're going to surprise me with that and what has been happening? Yes. And what? Okay. So um, if you guys remember Christine Walsh from last week's episode, we didn't talk about it, but Christine's business is building merch, essentially. Yeah. And so she's a printer. Um, she is. She's a printer. So one of the things that we had spoken to her about when we first met her was building out uh, stuff wanted like a shopping bag that had the Learn Smarter podcast logo on it. As we were discussing what we were going to be doing in Christine's episode and planning for that episode and writing it, I said to Steph, you know, we never followed up with her about those bags and we really (laughs) should. I really want them. I really, I really do want them. And so I just get this text back from her. Okay, fine. I'll tell you. It was supposed to be a surprise. But she went ahead and had Christine built. She was going to surprise me with it. And then I ruined it. But this is why now I'm thinking the framework is going to just show up one day. And glossy, glossy, beautiful. Perhaps framed in a really elegant way um, for both of my offices. Oh. Do you see how I did that? Yeah, it just got even bigger. It just got an an even bigger project. But listen, we are recording a little bit early. We're still in 2018, guys. But my guess is before this episode airs, action will have been taken on this. Probably, at least starting the action. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we are excited to share this framework with you today, and we hope that this builds some insight into the three different phases, the A's, the B's, the C's of educational therapy for all of you smarties. Just as a reminder to come join us if you have questions. Yeah, we will be in our Facebook group. Yeah, and if you have questions about this framework... Please come join us in Smarties of the Learn Smarter podcast on February 7th at 10.30 a.m. We'll be there. And if you are listening to this podcast at a later date, sometimes we discover podcasts after many, many episodes have been released, right, Steph? Yeah, yeah. So if you're just joining us and we're talking about February 2018 and- 2019. 2019, I beg your pardon, and you're saying, well, it's- December 2019, we have every intention of holding office hours once a month on the first Thursday of the month moving forward at 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So put it on your calendar and join us then. We'd be happy to talk about old episodes yeah, as well. So 
We're excited to hang out with you guys and join us. And we'll see you next week. Have a great week, Smarties.